Welcome back to the Bad Blue Podcast, people. Obviously, it's, well, not obviously, but it's a special, special, special one the day for us. It's my birthday. <laughs> it's a, we're a couple of days over late by doing a video, but as always, we're brought you by Spartan BK Fight Club, the biggest, fastest growing bare-knuckle pit fighting organisation in Britain, Europe, the world. We're taking over. Whether you like it or not, it's happening. Also, we're brought to you by Scott West Shellfish. Fantastic company. Hit them up on Facebook. Check the website out. Fantastic stuff. Well, on my side, we've got a massive thank you to Mr. Bloom's Black Seed Oil Mechanics. Uh, delicious products that have life and life-changing benefits, really. Uh, all sorts of cures, all, all sorts of natural remedies. Uh, cheapest chips, brilliant. You, you, you can't get much better. It's Mr. Bloom's Black Seed Oil Mechanics. Uh, and, of course, Heathen Clothing. Pretty self-explanatory, really. A clothing company, but one of the best about. So, thank you so much. Uh, honestly, without your help, we, we couldn't keep this... It would be we super hard. This, we have been growing this past 12 months due to your constant support. And we couldn't thank you enough because we wouldn't be here doing what we are doing. Like without your support, so so you're not just a part of the team; you are a part of the family. <laughs> Obviously, you have contributed way more than what we ever imagined. You have helped with studio fees. We've helped with, with obviously the coronavirus, travel. with travel. You've helped with, with equipment for obviously, like I've just said, the coronavirus, lighting, microphones, cameras, you name it. Like I say, without your support. We'd just like to say we really appreciate it. And would like to give an honourable mention to our past sponsors, obviously because we don't forget where we come from. Northern Sports Martin, thank you very much. New MCBD, thank you very much. On my side, I'm giving a massive thank you to former air sponsor, Hunter Supplements. Thank you very much, mate. And of course, the Governor Sports and Nutrition. So thank you very much, Steve. Cheers, pal. Right, mate, what a fucking yeah. I'd like, I it's been mate. I could never ever imagined of getting this when I messaged, messaged a certain person and said, Did you know how this come about? How all this started, mate, right? Was I was meant to write an article on a certain person writing a certain book. Now, me being me only had one publication to put it out on. So I, I got lazy and mm -hmm. I didn't finish the article, right? Now, Aye. I thought to myself, hold on, I could maybe get out of having to write and really, really think about this, yeah. So I Aye. thought, I'd messaged the person and uh, I thought, right, how about we do a podcast? I said, we could put it on many more platforms rather than just one magazine. Yeah, we are today. Still smashing it a bit. Still smashing. Mate, bringing you in from the 6-1, I couldn't have made a better choice. Tall, dark, handsome, you've got it all. Aye. 
I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm glad you've actually uh, like rectified that for us because uh, I was starting to feel a bit left out. No, but mate, cheers for getting us on the podcast. You know what I mean? And you got us on during a very dark time in my life, and I probably needed this. You know what I mean? I probably needed this more than I would like to admit. Okay. You know, I was going through, I, I was going through loads of mental health like episodes, uh, training, boxing, all that stuff was out the window. Uh, I was in a dark place yeah. and I just did not feel like I had any connection to this sport that I've loved for the past 25 years of my life. You know what I mean? But then, no, there, there is another way in. I get, I get to speak to the people still in there. I get, I get, I get to meet them. The podcast, man, it's, it, it, if it wasn't for the podcast, like I probably wouldn't have had anything to work towards. So I probably would still be in that shit same situation that I was. So ultimately, this has saved me. All the viewers that keep tuning in to watch my videos, they just keep it going. It just makes it easier to do. It does. It, it was hard at first. Like, I could never... We all used to make like that at first. 100%, five pounds. 100%. Like, when I... Mate, when I was talking to these people by myself at first, right, when I've been watching these people for years, right, and reading that stuff for years, to actually speak to by myself, even though I had met one or two just on that one occasion, like before. Yeah. Oh, nah. It was different. Aye. It was like, <laughs> I, I just I but, cringe at my voice at the beginning. <laughs> I cringe. Aye, it, it, it. It is. I didn't think I'd ever be doing anything like this, to be honest. Like interviewing people like that, because I. I I, I do normally see myself as educationally equipped to be doing so, but uh, I, I don't know. You kind of just grow with it, don't you? I mean, I, I, I like the fact that you send us homework, right? This is who we could get on. Do you, like, you need you need to learn about this person, and I actually really got to go away, do my <laughs> stuff, and the, and then speak to them. I mean, I'm reading all these stories about them when it comes to the professional fighters. I'm watching videos of them. They get like the stuff that I love, and then I'm actually getting to meet them, and it's just an experience of a lifetime. Like every single person that I've met through the podcast, I've remembered. Oh, and I probably won't. Million percent. I mean, like Steve Riff referred to the best when he was writing his book. When he's when even when he done interviews leading up to his book release, um, he, he, it was like walking into the book and meeting all the characters. It genuinely oh. has been like that for us. <laughs> it, it, it genuinely has, like, a man couldn't have emphasized or phrased a, a perfect, a, a true or more meaning for that than what we've experienced this last year. Because, like I say, it's been a whirlwind, mate. There's been a lot of sacrifices on many of, like, your, your behalf, my behalf, but we've powered on. We've had some fantastic people around us. Um, I, but mate it's it, it's just weird to think that we started as a criminology podcast just audio just audio got ranked on fucking itunes then done an interview with christian who's now my boss not just as <laughs> a fucking <laughs> I'm a media now i'm a manager of his branch of his company it's weird but obviously it, it's no secret we're telling Brian we're trying to venture into the combat sports world more now that nice. being bare knuckle boxing we're always mm -hmm. going to have that as 
our speciality, I would yeah. like to say. I believe our best podcasts are still yet to, be, like, yet to come because I, I don't believe, honestly, I, I'm not just saying this, I, I, not blowing me on trumpet, but now that I went to that show at Sheffield, Dennis Hobbs yeah. show, like, I, mate, I'm... You now, can kind of see where we're headed. I, mate, it, it, I'm no disrespect to people interviewing fighters and that, but I know we can do a better job because we have the passion. I've seen it with my own eyes. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, we are... It, it, we've got so much passion... And that's just, I believe that's a bit different when you're going to these events. No. Uh, I'm it is different. Here. It is. You need oh, no, a new you... breed. You need a new breed. No. You do. You, you need some you... new questions. You yeah. need a new point of view. You want you, you need someone in that's got a different side of it and that hasn't got all the same questions. People that want to know different stuff about the fighters. Mm, definitely. An alternative view. And that's why I find, honestly... The, the tips and the advice that's been given by many of our guests who were now classed as friends is invaluable. Yeah. It really is it, invaluable. You could not put a price tag on it, mate. You couldn't. It, it gives you that extra confidence knowing that coming from their mouth, they're successful. They've been there and done that. So if yeah. you sort of stick to the same, uh, might values same ethic as in work rate you, you can you achieve that as well uh-huh. you can it's achieve that cool. look at you with the gym fearless fitness you know what I mean uh, Who dreams are starting reality like I said like you told I got, we've had that many on the night like you said I remember sitting in my yard last year you know what I mean it was a, a figment of the imagination. It was, yeah. I, it, it, was I, it, it, was a, it was just a thought that passed through my head. Uh-huh. Well, obviously not a thought. It, it's something that I'd want to do. Wanted to do for I, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fill a position that I wanted. Because uh, what it boils down to is obviously I didn't have a father figure. Like I didn't have any male figure in my life when I was a youngin. So I genuinely didn't I didn't learn off anybody how to do any of these normal stuff. But there was three people in my life who I, I probably haven't even told them that, but I had three role models in my life, and all three of them were my boxing coaches. Uh, you had Keith McDonald, Maxie, Ian Turnbull, who, who he was the first person I'd ever brought us into boxing. And I used the last term as a role model very, very, like, loosely. Very. <laughs> Alan Bola from Ashton. I mean, he's not exactly the perfect role model, but I tell you what, he turned me from a little boy into a man. And that, them three men were boxing coaches, and I didn't have anyone like them in my life until they came by. And like I say, I did everything them lads said, not because I feared them, but just because I had that sheer respect for them. And now, as I've come to my end of my fighting career, fighting ability, uh, I think that's the role I want to start fulfilling if you know what I mean so I'm glad everything's fell into place I mean it's hard work I've, I've had the gym two weeks now but uh, I live in the dream I've got a tattoo on my arm living the dream and now I am I've got my own gym I've got like I'm building a squad I'm we're rocking the podcast I've, I've got myself a job like I see it a year ago all I had was time 
and now I haven't got enough hours in the day to do what I want. That's the way I would rather have it, mate. That's just mate. it. It just manifests. This, you know what I mean? It, like everything does. It like when when you see people being successful, you want to be successful. Now, when you're being around them successful people, you want to be successful. Course, mate, hundred percent. And I didn't say it when when I said that earlier by looking and saying me going that show. I'm not saying that disrespectfully, and yes, saying that you I just am the best. to do something to do something like that. Yes, I know. I, like I, I, I just know. I've been around it. You know what I mean? I've I've felt mm. it. I've I, I've always said I could do their job. You know yeah. what I mean? And now you know you actually could. I could, yeah. And do you um, know what? I know I could do it with a full stadium and a full crowd there. I know I could. Aye, yeah. Yeah, big things may be in the pipeline. We never know. Hopefully, hopefully, mate. Fingers crossed with the hard work that we keep putting in in the graft. But anyways, mate, bye bye. No. Still there. I'll have to spice up it. But yeah. keep going. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just hopefully it, it just breeds and it keeps growing and growing and morphs and keeps morphing and keeps morphing, mate. Hopefully it does. Well, we're only going to go further up from here. I mean, if we keep in the work rate that we've been putting in, we can only go up. We haven't got time to be going down, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, in the... It's 12 months that we've been going. We have had some amazing guests on, mate, haven't we? Fantastic guests, mate. Absolutely fantastic guests. Like, it's, it, it's been mental to think how other people actually live their lives and to it is. see how they come how out you the other the end. individual everybody is. Yes. Uh-huh. And how they come out the other end. Because it's, it's not about... We're past, you know what I mean? That's those are just lessons. It's how you learn from no, those lessons, you know what I mean? Of course it is. And how you live your adult life. Because let's let's not forget something here. If you're gonna keep doing stuff in your thirties and stuff like that, you're a fucking whopper. But when you realize <laughs> when you realize it, like our guests have and stopped and changed their lives around. They're the type of people that you need to be spreading the word and giving advice. Aye. 100%. Aye. 100%. 100%. 100%. But, mate, right, we've literally got three minutes left of what seems to have been an all-night marathon. <laughs> it seems like an absolute Aye. marathon. Well, I tell you what, mate, I enjoyed speaking to these people again. It was, it was enjoyful. Mate, it was really enjoyable. It was, it was mad. It was just getting them all in at the same time. It just a little something different for us. I'm pleased it's managed to come off. It didn't come off fully how I expected, but we've got some footage for you guys. We thought we'd get people who we've had on during the year and make like a podcast not all as in one but we've spoke of them individually some together but we've spliced the clips together it's a good hour it's a good hour and 20 minutes worth um 
might even be a little bit longer than that, but I'm sure you will enjoy it. Um, but yeah, we'll be uploading that and enjoy. But for now, as always, Spartan BK Fight Club, Scott was shellfish. Mr. Bloom's Bayer Black Seed Oil Mechanics and Heathen Clothing. Right, this has been the Babylon Podcast. Thank you for watching. Honestly, it's been a mental year. Long may it continue. Thank you very much. Hello, mate. How's things? You're right. Hello, can you hear us? Yeah, one sec. Hey, can Hello. you see me? Yeah, I can see you, my man. How's things? How's good? How's things going? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, sorry, I was having my hair cut. So uh, uh, you're looking fresh and trim. <laughs> that's it for, for the podcast. <laughs> Honestly. Like I say, it's just going to be a quick, literally five minutes because we've got other guests coming on, steamrolling on, but we are going to get you on in the future um, very, no very, problem. very soon. Um, but how's things been going for you anyway? Yeah, so uh, since last time we spoke, uh, I had a fight, no, and no fights, uh, I had anything uh, booked in. Um, so I've just been training, getting a bit stronger, getting fitter. Yeah, just been ticking away. I'm getting, I'm getting married next week, so... Uh, You're training for been that. Look, been looking forward to that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So is there anything in the future, in the pipeline? Anything happening for you? Literally, if I did, I'd be telling you. Right. Hold one sec. So <laughs> things keep popping up. Uh, if, if I did, I'd tell you. Mm -hmm. No, hopefully, when um, all the shows confirmed with new crowds and that hopefully a load of shows get put on and I, and I get banged on one and I, I get in a good fight but um, nothing it's like like when I was in lockdown though the fights only come because I shouted for him and I, and I shouted not shouted for him but I shouted for fights I was like I'll fight anyone I'll fight anyone yeah. I've been a bit quiet and, and nothing's really come come about but uh, I'm, I'm happy I'm willing to jump into a 50-50 and that but when the time's right for me I'm not deterred by two losses so just one of them nah well, like I say, brother, we thought we'd get you on first because obviously you smashed what you smashed our record, mate. You like you are our most single viewed uh, viewer. Uh, we're going to <laughs> over twenty k. So honestly, nice one. Thank you, you. Um, Happy birthday, anyway, to the to the podcast. To the podcast. <laughs> I, I much appreciated, mate. But honestly, mate. I love you and leave you, but we will arrange for you to definitely come on for a lot longer. And, mate, enjoy the rest of your night and thank you for coming on. Nah, no problem. My pleasure. The pleasure's all mine, mate. You are the man. <laughs> Thanks, McCauley, man. See you later, bro. Dad, man. No. Right. Um, hello, Steve. Welcome back to the Bad Blue Podcast. Um, obviously, it's a year today that we started the podcast. Um, I just thought I would get you on because you're one of the reasons why I started doing stuff like this and got into stuff like this. Um, I just wanted to ask you, how did you maintain your output for all these years at a consistent level? Thanks, mate. And first of all, thanks for having us on. Congratulations on your anniversary. Um, it, it's difficult to keep you know, the content up. I mean, for me, I've probably been a, a podcaster just as long as you in, in the YouTube terms. Um, 
really just because of lockdown. Uh, it's why I got started. Um, I know I've done lots of stuff before, um, you know, whether it's TV interviews, radio interviews or, or whatever, but, um, but yeah, you know, the, the whole podcast thing, it's just, you know, I suppose it's just experience and having, having the contacts and, and, and having the knowledge on the different subject matters you're talking about. And I think with mine, um, yours is dedicated to crime. I, I dip in and out of crime, but I can, I can talk about doorman because I worked the doors for 18 years and, and worked in the security industry. I can talk with or about criminals because I've met most of the major criminals over the last 30 years. Um, you know, and I've, I've written a few books about criminals. So that, that gives us the, the knowledge to be able to do that. And of course, football and boxing, um, you know, my two favourite sports. Football, of course, I'm a big Newcastle United fan and that is the main content on my channel and UFC Matters, um, you know, podcast has become really popular over lockdown. And, you know, the figures that we're pulling in for those shows now still blow me away, you know. I mean, on a, on a Friday night, we, we have about 1,100 watching live every Friday now. And that, that's bizarre. Um, and I'm, I'm humbled and I, and I never take it for granted. So it's the connections, I think, Lee, that's the thing. It's, and you've got, to, you've got to build up connections. And I think when people, when people in, in any walk of life, whether it's crime or sport, acting, door security, whatever it is, I think people can trust you. Back, they go a long way. And I think, you know, and it's word of mouth as well. People go, you know, you can trust that person to do a good job and people will watch you. I mean, look at the names I've had on over the last couple of, over the last couple of months. And, you know, since, since the, the, the coronavirus, people like David Icke, um, you know, somebody as controversial as Tommy Robinson, um, you know, getting, getting those kind of guests on who pull in big numbers. Darren G, another one who essentially people told us not to do. Um, I still did it. And I'm glad I interviewed those three controversial people because I got what I thought was a good interview out of each one of those people. And yeah. I sit there as an interview and I'm not, I'm not interviewing them, um, you know, to support them. I'm interviewing because I want to ask the questions. And I think with, with all of those interviews, Lee, I, I just, you know, I asked other people's questions and, you know, when, do, when does anybody on Tyneside get an opportunity to ask questions to those kind of people. And, you know, I'm, I'm pleased I did them, but yeah, it's the contacts, Lee. I've gone all around the houses as usual to answer a question, but that's, that, that's what it's down to, contacts and trust, I suppose. As the book would say, the Geordie connection. You yeah, hi. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have, you have, you've, have, you've had your hands in everything, like boxing. Would you say, meeting, has boxing opened so many doors up for you, leading to what you would call like, as you said, your connections in the crime world. Would you say, Brox, because it goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Obviously, I'm dabbling into the bare knuckle world now with a, a Spartan. So, you know, it's, I'm sort of not following route, but I'm, I'm getting a little taste of where you've started from. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the, 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 unlic the unlicensed boxing led us into the pro game. Um, did it introduce us to the, the, the criminal underworld? No, I was already a part of that, uh, you know, with my connection with the craze. You know, my English exam at school where I passed, you know, with flying colours, studying the profession of violence by John Pearson, that, then writing to the craze, then visiting the craze. It was the craze who opened the doors for me. Um, you know, the, you know the, the, the funeral of Ronnie Cray, where, you know, then I went to the wake after being Charlie Cray's minder was... That was a big turning point in my life, really, because, you know, at that wake, I met 
you know, Freddie Foreman, Tony Lambriano, Lenny McLean, Roy Shaw, you name it. I met any big gangland figure, Bruce Reynolds, Tommy Wisby, um, you know, Laurie O'Leary, all of these people who were connected to the craze. I met that day and, you know, went on to become good friends with Freddie Foreman, went on to become good friends with Charlie Cray and, and, and essentially uh, get to know these people. And when you got to know them, you got to know other people around them, some who were well-known, others not so well-known. But yeah, that was what opened the doors. The boxing came the boxing came along as a result of meeting those criminals because the the chaps, as they were called, you know, your Joe Pyle seniors, your, your Tony Lambrianos, your Freddie Foremans, your Charlie Richardsons and Frankie Frasers and all of them all used to go to the boxing down there. Some of it was professional. Some of it was unlicensed. Joe, Joe Pyle Sr. and Jr. were putting on the, the unlicensed shows. And I really got a taste for it. I was a, I was a boxing fan anyway. And at the time I was training and, and doing some sparring at uh, at Glen McCrory and Dave Gregory's gym in, in the Felon in Gateshead. And essentially for me, you know, I, I had a bug for it anyway, but going to those fights, there was more of a buzz about the unlicensed than there was the pro for me. And I just loved it. And uh, it was when Gary Furby, um, who was a pal of mine who I used to train with and do circuit training with in, in, in the Felon, he, um, he said, I, I wouldn't mind having a fight with that unlicensed. And I got him on a show in London. And the rest's history. We went down. He, he eventually won the governor belt down there. And, um, you know, we had some great trips down. Me and about 50 or 60 Geordies going down. Me managing Gary. And, um, you know, it was that was the start of my involvement in boxing, you know, as we know it. And, um, you know, I, I then went on to meet Spencer from Blackpool, who had set up the EBF. Um, Big Philip Riley. Uh, one of the sales cousins um, came to us and said, would you be interested in putting shows on in Newcastle? And um, I jumped at the opportunity and the rest's history. I did seven years as an unlicensed boxing promoter, putting on some of the biggest fights in Newcastle and Gateshead um, and surrounding areas. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. But, you know, as with everything, you know, it comes to an end. I, you know, I found that copycats were starting to spring up and the shows weren't as good. Um, we're still getting decent numbers in, but you know, with the copycats and competition, you, you found that player uh, boxers would commit the fighting on your show, then go on somebody else's. And I just didn't like all the backstabbing, etc. And at the same time, the pro game was on its backside in, in Gateshead, although it was flourishing in Sunderland with, with Phil Jeffries following on from Tommy Conroy. And I just thought, you know what, I, I'm going to give the pro game an opportunity, give it a go. And you know, that's what I've done. And I've never looked back. And I'm into my 10th year as a as a pro promoter and, you know, my seventh year as a pro manager and, uh, you know, hopefully with the restrictions lifting some big days ahead with, you know, some of you, some of my fighters, Ellis Corey has now just been, um, you know, he's, he's now mandatory for the English title. Um, so we're trying to get that sorted out. Got Jeff Saunders signed back on, um, you know, with us. Got Lawrence, Lawrence Osuwegi um, and fingers crossed um, he's going in front of the board. Um, but Stephen Sears' son is turning professional, Mo Sears. Wow. Um, so there's an exclusive for you. Um, he's wow, going, I like that. he's uh, just been he's just been signed up with um Davy Ritson, Davy Ritson, right. Lewis Ritson's dad right. is training yeah. him, uh, which tells you how good Mo is. Um, and yeah, we're hoping by the autumn, uh, we will see a Sears back in the ring for the first time in many, many years. Uh, you're the man for that one, Steve. Uh, honestly, Steve, I would love to keep you much longer, but unfortunately, I've got other guests coming on, getting them on, but you're the man. I really appreciate your time, and I hope they get you on in the future sometime, and good luck for happy, your projects. Happy anniversary again, mate. Take care. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you. Cheers. When we got there, and they said, uh, 
that was mine there. Yeah, it was you. And it said, they said that the six specialists looked at him and went, Jesus, so it's that bad? He said, yes, if you don't get it done the next three to six months, you will be in a wheelchair, paralysed from the neck down. What's happened is my spinal cord, the bone's called a laminectomy, the operation, a spinal stenosis. The bones grew around the hole of where your, your spinal cord is. So the spinal cord's been crushed now into a one mil hole, and it should be five mil. So they're going to drill... Oh cut my neck open, bolt my head to a, a machine, they're going to cut the back, take the vertebrae, shift them down, then put new vertebrae on and they're going to put a, a bone graft in. It's like a nightmare of operation, but it's 98% success rate. No, oh, brilliant. It's a nightmare. Right. But if it's I'll be sparring with you. I get out. No way. Ooh, yeah, I can't these days. I'm knackered myself, man. Falling apart. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll just sit on you. <laughs> oh, you're getting on, man. You're getting on, mate. He's doing amazing. How are you yeah. feeling? How are you doing? Yeah, but doing good. Obviously, keeping busy. Um, obviously, things are starting to open up now for for the uh, boxing. Obviously, we've got we're yeah. halfway in the door now, doing fully licensed uh, British boxing border control shows. So I was uh, attending there uh, on uh, Sheffield for Dennis Hobson show. So hopefully, we're gonna be gonna gonna be trying to delve into the boxing side. You know, like, yeah, it's more mainstream boxing. Yeah, more mainstream yeah, boxing. Yeah, good. And combat sports. Well, that's a passion uh, for you, Matthew, uh, Matthew, isn't it? Aye. Uh, I, it's been kind of crazy for me lately. In our past year, I can remember sitting at a table with Lee with far too much time on my hands. All I had in my life was time. And now I just haven't yeah. got enough hours in the day. Uh, that's from finding <laughs> a new job. Keeping up with the podcast, and I, I've, I've just opened recently opened up my own gym, Fearless Fitness, over on Horster Hill, South Shields. Um, amazing, did it? Yeah, it looks good. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Um, we'll come up there. Now. We'll come up there when I get better and have a um, training session with you. Yes, brilliant. I, I'd love that. I'm sure the kids in that world as well. Yeah, that, that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's about getting the kids off the street because I keep seeing exactly. the streets these days brilliant. are dangerous. This world isn't the same world yeah. it was when I was about 13, 14. Like, everything's yeah. different. And I just want to give people a place where, the, yeah. where they can feel welcome, where they, where they feel like they belong. And uh, I just wanted to teach them respect, manners, discipline, stuff like that, general boxing crack. That's how it should be, shouldn't it? Yeah, well, that's we, we, we spoke to Marty Turner uh, the other day. He was 47 years being a, a boxing coach called Elis Carwell, champion, and... Brilliant. With big Joe Egan and all them type of people. And he said, when you're with the kids, it gives them a community and they're like a family, all the boxers together. So you, you make them a part of something. You know, it makes them a part of something, especially boxing gives you discipline. It's a bit like being yeah. the army in a way, but everyone gets yeah. the, the littlest lad to the biggest lad. They all help each other. They do. Which yeah. is rightly so. Yeah. But on them streets, like you said, it's just a. a there's too much knives and drugs and no, drinking and just things. crazy things. That when your mind's occupied on something good, to, even if you're playing football or tennis or bowling or darts, whatever you're doing, you're occupying your mind on something else. When you start going out and you're, you're bored, I'll have a joint, I'll have a try, and then you have a go. Mm -hmm. Next minute, 10 years later, you're on crack cocaine. So it's not the way to go. We were at a, 
hostel last week, myself and Tony Grange, our leader of the church. And I remember we went and seen these kids. It was in a hostel, a homeless, a homeless shelter thing. Uh, we got there and it was fantastic. One Emma yeah. to help the kids and give them a boost and feel good. And it felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be I'm going to be doing a, a lot of work with Darren Wilson from CF, actually, who does the uh, CF, Saving, Every Fight, uh, Saving All Fighters eventualities. Uh, and I've put my sessions in for 2.50, they're cheap enough. But for the work I'm going to be doing with him is for like the more vulnerable children like the, uh, who haven't got oh. the right money for it, who are struggling with payments, oh. or who yeah. genuinely need to be a part of something. Obviously, they're going to be put at a reduced rate or not. If not, through the CF programme, they will be trained at my gym for free. Because uh, that's, that, that's what it's for. That's it's like, no one You'll needs to be... you have to send the stuff so we can share it, won't you? Yeah, if you send us oh, everything you've I'm got, we'll, we'll share we, it. You know, we'll share it, because we're Sorry, flying them on Facebook. I've just got to admit, Nick, into the room, because I, I, I can't have a former military man waiting on... On his yes. cross, is is entering the room. Um, <laughs> entering the room, he's in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see him yet. I can't hear him yet. But uh, Nick Dunn was one of the Shanghai Six, um, wrongly uh, imprisoned. Should I? hello, Nick. Nick son. Sorry, hello. sorry for uh, being in my car. I've had a bit of a hectic <laughs> here, <laughs> and. You're I've just back. like been to the gym, so Keeping and I've already done my mum shopping. <laughs> so yeah, um, thanks, thanks for inviting me um, this evening, and also I'd like to congratulate Lee and Matty on having me on your podcast to share my experiences and. Hopefully, people can take something from my experiences and implement it in their lives to, you know, achieve things and have that never give up attitude. Um, it, it's so easy in life to just be negative and give up. But if you really want something in life, you've got to break that barrier and set reasonable goals. You no, know, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm not going to turn around and say I'm going to be an astronaut when I might physically, medically not be able to. You know, yeah. um, I don't quite consider me floating around in space. I'm a ground guy. <laughs> <so. laughs> yeah, um, yeah rightly so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, what I do is you get people to train. You can just be the best version of yourself, and that's all you can do. As long as you make yourself the best version of yourself, then you've achieved your goals. That's all I say. Don't try to... I'm going to be the next Alan Swartz. Not saying you can do it, but not everyone can be that type of person. But you can just be the best person of yourself uh, and go on well, and be polite to people, be respectable. I think you've, you've achieved something. And it's amazing that it's a year to the day you've done your podcast. So it's congratulations to you both. Yes, it's amazing. amazing. It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely a congratulations. Um, especially with, obviously, the recent lockdown podcasts have been coming up out of the woodworks and it's really helped a lot of people share experience some you know and especially with like yeah. zoom especially like with zoom and microsoft teams when in lockdown it's it's still letting you connect with family and friends yeah. and uh, and yeah. like i say i i was lucky to be on 
the show and you know it it was good to share my experience with the uh, Lee and Matty and because they would obviously would have heard about me but not know the whole ins and outs and when I was sharing my experience I remember looking at their faces and they were quite starstruck gobsmacked as in how on earth did you survive that and a lot of people asked me are you exaggerating things and I turn around and say if I was to exaggerate it you'd definitely know it was exaggerated what I went through was definitely outrageous uh, the pictures on your Instagram, they're, they're proof alone. I mean, that is something you would see out of a film. I've always said that. Uh, but Nick, yeah. how, how's the promotion of the book been going in the past year then? Um, it's been obviously difficult with COVID. Obviously, my yeah. book came out just as we went into the first lockdown. I had a bit of media uh, set up that you know I was able to do via my publishing team. But yeah. a lot of the stuff to help promote it has been through yourself and other guys and girls doing podcasts. It's been such a a different way of promotion. And I'm still getting messages today and still getting people buying my book because you'll get people who will watch and listen to podcasts who will just focus on military personnel. And you'll get people who watch every episode and listen to them. And, yeah. you know, I did, like, podcasts with James English in 2018. And I recently had a message saying, oh, I've just saw your podcast that you did with James English. And I was like, bloody hell, I did that in 2018. <laughs> and the book's doing okay. Um, I, like I say, I've got a busy week. I'm going down to do a podcast in Liverpool with Sean Atwood tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> and then on Thursday... On Thursday, I'm doing a talk um, at East Durham College. So hopefully I'm promote, I'm obviously promoting myself and putting my book and sharing my life experiences yeah. Yeah. that no one will ever endure, or I hope no one will ever endure, um, because what happened to me and the other guys should never have happened. And unfortunately, it did. And I've yeah. got to take from that and even implement it in my own life, the struggles, the pain, the suffering that I went through and go, you know what? <laughs> That's temporary. Let's uh, mm. move forward, head towards that yeah. bright light at the end of the tunnel <coughs> the water. And, keep, and, and keep going because, like I said just before, it's so easy to give in and feel negative, but having a drive and determination attitude can really help others, especially with my ongoing mental health, which has caught me by surprise. Um, it's been a couple of months since I wanted to contemplate taking my own life and I've, I've came on leaps and bounds, but I know there's going to be potholes in the road mm-hmm. and I'm under no illusions that it'll take as long as it uh, will for me to get back to some sort of normality. Just ask you there, Nick, we, we did a podcast with uh, Gary, Gary Carroll 
Um, right. Palatru- good lad from Scotland, Dundee. He's been in Syria and all them places and in the Foreign Legion and everything. I think we've we've got quite a lot of army lads contact us. We've got into places living on the streets after work. Twelve years been done tours all over Afghanistan and coming home to be sacked, to live on the streets, to be drug addicts, to be left worthless after some of them give a lot. They give their life for this and they're not getting enough of the government. I think it's disgusting that they have to be on the streets. I think we, as the United Kingdom, should treat our veterans and military personnel like the Americans do. They're well, nearly worshipping well gods over there. Yeah, and like it well should said. be. And at the end of the day, whether you agree with going to sending our boys and girls to war, regardless of that, we're there making sure you have the freedom that you have got. Safety. We're yeah, there yeah. sacrificing our lives, our time off, our family time, our Christmases, birthdays, so yous can sleep easy at night. Yes, terrorist attacks still happen. You'll never, ever prevent them. The reason why they still happen is because if there was nothing bad happening in the world, there'll be no people like us needing to do mm. anything. So you, they do have to, I know it's horrible, but you do have to let some slip through the net. I don't know what who actually said, I can't quote who said this, but to see if a thousand people, hundreds may have to die. It's horrible. It's horrible because you can just look at the Twin Towers. Um, yeah. Thousands died there for what? So you can go and get the oil. Really? Come on. Uh, but British soldiers doing all that time for Queen and country to be just discarded and forgot about is totally, totally disgusting in my eyes and and more needs to be done. Yeah. Um, the help is there in mental health. Just when you're in the military, you've got that attitude in your programme to not feel how we would describe it as weak, helpless, yeah. But sometimes you've got to bite the bullet, just like what I've recently done. Put your pride to one side and ask for help. But when you walk out that door, you've handed in your kit and equipment. You forgot about, you're discarded, unless you're a a fancy officer. But soldiers, men who fight side by side in war zones, they get discarded and forgot about and, and things need to change drastically. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree definitely. with that. My uncle was mistreated. He, when he left the army, he was mistreated. He was forgot about. They didn't help him. He was homeless. Every other family had to help him. You know what I mean? But he's now thriving, absolutely thriving, through the help of his family and his friends, not the government. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, we, with a lot of the military guys, a lot of them are like, you know, who didn't go to Afghanistan, who may have just gone to the first Iraq. And a lot of, obviously, people suffered from the first Iraq, Gulf War. But it's oh, it's been, oh, uh, you're just, you know, playing the card, you know, playing the game, blah, blah. But it's actually been realised that they are mentally suffering, they are medically suffering, but they are on the streets. You know, mm. and, and it's sad. It's sad seeing them. Um, it's a disgrace, me, mate. It is. Uh, you know, me, when I see people on the streets or, you know, you, 
I'm, I'm, you know, we call them homeless, but people always split hairs and say, well, they're just rough sleep. I'm like, come on, just let's just call them homeless because they are homeless. A lot of them aren't. A lot of them mm. look for easy money. So you've got to determine yes. who, and especially military, if they turn around, right, uh, got a bit of cardboard saying, I'm such and such a veteran, I don't give a, f- I, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to swear here. I don't give a fuck how old you are. You can ask a 90-year-old World War II veteran his military number. They will, it'll just come off that tongue. That is something mm-hmm. that is bred into you. You will never forget. 25184424, there's mine. You ask them who are supposed to be homeless, what's your military number? Uh, uh, uh. Off, your, yeah. off you go, mate. Why do people impersonate military people? I don't know. Why? I haven't. It's it's mad. It's madness because they don't get treated like gods. So why impersonate them? <laughs> uh, but it's sad. It's sad that um, military personnel are on the streets. More needs to be done. I think when you leave the military, there should be a welfare package. Yes. It doesn't mean you need to use it, but it means mm-hmm. it's there it's in case evil. you do. Yeah, yeah. Because financial problems, marriage breakups, can all spiral into someone being homeless, turning to a, a drink or a drug addiction, being on the streets, and they are the kind of people that gave you your freedom so you can sleep easy at night, and they're getting forgot about. Mm-hmm. On that note, Nick, I would love to talk to you all night, buddy, but we've got lots to get other people in here, mate. I've got so, a busy evening as well. But would, yeah, thanks for taking you. in consideration. Nice seeing you, Nick. Honestly, nice meeting you, no mate. problem. I would really honestly love to just say, Nick, honestly, thank you for coming on, giving you your time, and thank you so, so much for your service, mate. It's so yes, amazing. thank you so much, mate. No problem, guys. I wish you all the best for the future. Thank, thank you. you. Thank 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 the champ Tony Mayanon and the one and only Dan Hill. Obviously, the yeah. self, obviously it's our first year as a podcast, so we're getting friends, top viewers on, and inspirations. So obviously, yous are in that categories. Lads, how are yous doing? Well, first, thank you, boys, for kind of putting me in the category. That's, that's <laughs> quite an honour, to be honest. You know, it's good. How are you? We've got to put you in the category. How's you, champ? Always good to be on the Bad Blood podcast. Always a pleasure. <laughs> yes, yes. Honestly, yeah. how's training anyway for the both Been of made. Yeah, all good for me so far. So good. Going to step it up a, a level so very, very soon, like for the last month. And I'll be ready. I'll be happy. Biggest fight of your life, mate. Biggest fight of, course, of your life. Right without a doubt. That's us. Dan, how about you, brother? Yeah, I just- well, I mean, to be honest, I do need to pull my finger out a little bit more than I have been doing. Uh, we were kind of, obviously, you know, we had the big, my first debut was going to be a few months ago on the on the pandemic. 
Uh, and I'd been training hard for that. Do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd lost a whole two stone. I'd, I'd almost been on a diet for nearly, nearly a year, boys. Do you know what I mean? And when that kind of all mm-hmm. fell through, I have picked out a little bit. So, like, I've, you know, my, my camp's been a bit off and on, but I'm, I'm back on. I've literally just come from the gym now, mate. So, I'm, you know, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, when, when, we, when we started this, we didn't imagine where we would get. Obviously, yous have maintained this type of work ethic and consistency for a long time now. How do you maintain that? How do you keep your goals? Like, how do you keep setting them? It, 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 does it just come naturally? Does it just evolve naturally? How do you keep at it? Well, it's just with, with short time you have, really. Like, obviously, when your fight's creeping up, you fucking... You just step your game up a bit more. I mean, it, te- it does take a while for me to start getting into it and getting motivated and that, believe it or not. So, um, yeah, I just, like, put myself in there. But as, as time gets closer and closer, I start liking it, enjoying it more, and doing, do you know what I mean, like, upping my game a bit more and taking it a bit more serious. I do take it seriously, but, do you know what I mean? I just, I just like, do me, start to do my best and everything. And, yes, the closer it gets for me, like, the more the more I train. And that, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tony, you're a master, you... You're on every social media platform. You have your hands in absolutely everything. How do you keep at it, brother? Because you hammer everything, bro. How do you get the time? And work you know what? and train. Some man. Do you know what? Honestly, it's like I didn't know I was doing it at first, but I suddenly realised after quite a while that I'm constantly updating like you know what I mean like obviously posting knowing where to post and sharing posts to certain pages and just like I, I've like just it's just come across me do you know what I mean and I feel I felt it took over me and sometimes I feel like I do it too much but I can't control it do you know what I'm saying I yeah. feel I feel like fucking hell I bet they're sick of me posting this and that but you do have to keep active you do I genuinely you can't just put a post up and expect everybody to see it because they don't and it's the t- certain times of day certain do you know what I'm saying that's like there's certain ways of doing it, and I've just done it that much. It's just obviously worked for me somehow. But yeah, I've noticed myself doing it way too much. Like, but obviously that's how it should be, and that's how it works. Yeah, you have to keep it active, keep it going, and just keep posting and updating. And you know what I mean? Keep at it, Dan. Obviously, your work ethic led you to being on goddamn TV, national TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> your work ethic speaks for itself. How did you maintain your work ethic coming up? And obviously, it's a bit of a change from reality TV to actually stepping in the 8 by 8 pit and wanting to punch a man in the face. Clearly, you wanted to punch a man in the face before on the show, but... He was rowdy on the show, I was going to say. But you're now going against a man who's training to punch your face in as well. How, How are you taking that difference? Um, well, I mean, the funny thing was, you know, when I, when I was on the show, I mean, I remember the first season on, you know, Twitter blew up one day and I felt like I must have had 500,000 people say they wanted to have a fight with me. And the <laughs> irony is now, do you know what I mean? It's gone from doing that to now I'm doing this. Um, do you know what? I, a little bit like Tony said, I think for me, you know, it's kind of the closer it gets to the fight, the more dedicated I am. And um, really, you know, I've, I'm, like I said, I'm, I've just come from the gym now. And, you know, it's not a game, you know, at the end of the day, if, you, if, you, if you're not ready, you're going to get fucking hurt. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's no, you know, it's, it's last man standing and it's bare fucking knuckle. You know, that is it. <laughs> and, you know, like... It's like you've been in there before, I, mate. 
<laughs> What's that? I saw your last fight, mate, Tony, and you are mustard, mate. You really are. You're good, you know. And there uh, was some massive swings in that fight. I tell you, I was standing there thinking, "Poo, how are these two kids standing?" Well, that's, that's the first time I've ever actually gassed. So it was a bit oh, of a shock to me myself. So it, I was like, to me. So just, out. Like, just... Thought, mate, by far, that was the best fight of the day by an absolute mm. mile, mate. Most, most, you know what it's like? Most of these fights, and look, I'm sure mine will be over pretty soon as well. Uh, they're over like, in like, don't even make a round, mate. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. At it, absolute at it like warriors, mate. I mean, that was... That was that yeah. was impressive. That was impressive. There was a point <laughs> in the fight where you actually both stood and looked at each other, and they yeah. give you a few seconds to recover so you could pull <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. No, listen, yeah. yeah, mate, that is something fucking else. Yeah. Like, listen, mate, you, know you just I... stand there, catch your breath, and we'll go back at it. Come on, yeah. <laughs> and you, and both your eyes, both you and Billy, you're both like, well, I'm not gonna give up, and you're like, no, but. Both absolutely fucked. I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's funny how we it's both gaslight, isn't it? Uh, Crazy. But man. you've obviously put that much into it. Brilliant, like yeah. that was, oh, was amazing. After we were fighting, I especially when you were hugging afterwards, like you were best friends. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That's what it's all about. Of course, it is. Course yeah, it is. definitely. I never have malice or any bad uh, bad blood with anyone really, if, unless they want to start, right? But now yeah, we're all in there, all on the same team. We all fight for the same promotion. Do you know what I mean? We all have to yeah. come across to each other one day or another. It's a sport, isn't it? So like, well, it's like a, it's a gentleman's sport, but it is in our way. We take it as a gentleman's yeah. sport until you're in that pit, and that's why when you keep it in the pit, you keep it in the pit outside the pit. Right. As a gentleman. That's yeah, where you yeah. find the real respect for each other in there. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to respect each other. Yeah. yeah. I kind of wait for my new. I'm shitting my pants, but I'm buzzing for it. I'm up here, <laughs> down here, over there. Wait till you hear your name called out, mate. Oh, me awful that's, that's, that's shit. Is, I'll be yeah. walking in the pit. My legs will be gone. Oh, That's when your nerves yeah. will come out here. Right. <laughs> I'll be wearing white shorts. But it's good. Wear. It's a good thing. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, and it's not a face, boys. When, when, we, when, I was, when we was waiting for the pandemic, the last one, that didn't go ahead. And I was, uh, I jumped in there and I, I look around. I was with Leon, and uh, I was like, "Boys, this really is not a big spot. I've never been in that space before." Because <laughs> when we was at your last fight, you just couldn't see anything. It was too hectic. And I had a, I was standing there with Leon, and he, I was like, "This, mate, you are going. We're, you're going to have to go some. You're going. There's no <laughs> dive, moving. You ain't going to duck and dive. There's, there's, there's a very small space. You're getting yeah. hidden now. <laughs> it's a bit like cockfighting, isn't it? Right, lads, honestly, I could sit here and chat you all day, but we've obviously got other guests coming on as well. But I would just no like to thank you for this time. I hope that was um, it. That was you. Well, <laughs> 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 on. No, but like I said, lads, I just want to say thank you for coming on. Uh, You've helped with hit some brilliant numbers. Also, you aren't just guests now, you're friends, you know what I mean? Friend, so, yeah. Honestly, thank you for coming on and thank no, you for like, sharing your stories and sharing your life stories, really. With <laughs> Good, 
Chris D, yeah. have a good one, boys. Nice one. Have Thanks, a good man. one. Cheers, man. Do it. That was single no, makes it. noise when the screen comes on. Got them in there. Get them in. Yeah. Oh, I'm bad. Right. Nice one, brother. Cheers, Tony. Thank you. See you later. Take it easy. Tell us for this. Oh, man, how do we get out of this? Two. Right. It's we're both days. So we've decided to get multiple guests on. We've got the champ, Roddy, uh, Robbie Anderson, and the yes, yes. Christian Roberts. How are you guys? Good, mate. Happy birthday. How's things been going? Really good, mate. For me, uh, yeah, really good. Um, training's going good. Just... Everything's just comfortable, it's just, just falling into place. Just need these fights to happen uh, so we can move on. I'm currently on holiday at the moment. I'm down in Skegness. I've been visiting the Gaff uh, gym, uh, which oh, are well-known Spartan fighters. Yeah. Uh, I've been training with Leon Brazil today. I'm actually sat outside in the car, outside Billy Borod's house. Uh, you know, just been chilling with Billy Broad. So he's, he's cooked us a meal. If anyone ever visits Billy, make sure he cooks you dinner because he's spot on. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well worth 20 quid if I'd have paid for it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, no, things are good, mate. Really good. And Leon Brazil, been training with him today. Yeah, honestly, guys, on fire, bro. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've trained with him before in the past, a year ago, actually, I trained with him. And I actually came, uh, and and when I were, when he came to the gym today, I'd already done thirty rounds uh, training uh, with, with Andrew Luke, and I, I you know I was wrecked as it is. And he says, "You want to do so, you want to train with Leon Brazil?" I'm like, "What are you tell me now?" I'm like, "Fucking <laughs> hell!" Anyway, he came. I just I, I was I was wrecked anyway, so I was literally just giving uh, Leon a few pointers, and I'm not joking. Uh, he's on fire. Man, that guy is going to rock a few people's worlds, I think. And I do believe that because of Andrew Anthony's um, record in the past with previous fights, previous uh, uh, British boxing uh, ability uh, and what that he's done, I think a lot of people are actually overlooking Leon. And to be honest with you, from what I've seen today about Leon, um, I'm more than impressed. And if you can keep on that right track, uh, man, guy's, guy's, guy's going to be an animal, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That fight itself is going to be insane. Obviously, Christian... after watching what I've what I've seen today uh, from Leon, that is now my most anticipated fight of the show, personally. If you ask me, yeah. Um, yeah. because he's, I think he's, 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 I think he's, a lot of people are overlooking him, uh, uh, and 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 to be fair, you know what? After what I've seen today, he's got his mindset on. He's mentally prepared. He's mentally solid which is exactly where you need to be at five to six weeks out um and his physical appearance and ability is 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 brilliant yeah man definitely can't fault him so if do, no, nobody gonna shock a few people on the show I, honestly that I, I do think that Andrew Anthony is he's gonna be up against it man and I like Andrew Anthony yeah. don't get me wrong and I know his ability of boxing I'm a boxer myself so I know but I do believe, like as from where where Leon Leon's uh, is a traveler is a is a traveler mm. fighter and he's a he's a fighter. He's not a boxer, and he'll tell you okay. he's not a boxer. Um, I just he just needs to be sparring with a few people that not a boxing sparring, but fighting. Rough, I think fighting, he, yeah. rough yeah rough sparring. Hopefully on Saturday, I think I'm going to be sparring with him Saturday before I go home, um, and I'm going to just let him just. 
balls deep, just kick fuck out of me as much as you can. <laughs> and I'll, just, I'll just take it and just, you know, I'll take it, what he's got, and that's what he needs, but he needs it not from me, but from a heavier 20-stone fighter. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm 11 to 12 stone, and he's, you know, he's literally going to break my ribs. I know for a fact he will, but oh, I'm actually well. going to move around with him doing that. Um, but I'm not it's, laughing. I need It's just you, Robbie. You're just a different guy, man. You are just I'll be, dri- I'll, I'll be driving home with sore ribs. <laughs> I got something to remember from Skegness. Do you know what I mean? Happy days. <laughs> Happy days. So, Christian. You're the man that gets all this stuff going. Like you're the man putting these fights together. Like, what's your views on how do you think all this is going to plan out? Because mate, you're doing a cracking job, man. Some of these fights, I I, I cannot wait for. Insane. Um, um, I, I mean, we we touched on last time about the Robbie Adamson and the Tony Mian fight. You know, yeah. How hard was it to make the fight? Well, if you've got a fighter who's four and and you've got a fighter who's three and it's the only fucking fight to make. Aye. So I think that one speaks for itself. You know, Robbie hasn't put a foot wrong since he came on board. Um, you know, I, I think if Tony's watching this interview, Tony will know this is going to be his hardest fight to date, you know, what? by a mile. You know, so... But let's get let's keep going back, and I keep going on about it. That Tony could have given the title up, but he's decided to fight Robbie, and if he's going to lose, it's going to be in the pit. So mm. let's first give credit to Tony for standing his ground and defending his yes. belt, because mm. I could name a handful of people who wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. some people have a flap. So, so the Rob, I am interested in the Robbie and Tony fight. That's one of my favourites. Obviously, when I was making it, you know, I spoke to Robbie personally behind the scenes and I spoke to Tony personally behind the scenes. You know, both these guys are coming to win, you know, so it's going to be a good fight. Um, but going back to what Robbie's just said with the Leon Brazil and Andrew Anthony fight, the minute I made it, I knew that, that it's going to be a naughty one. I, the minute you made it, you, you knew you'd created something special. <laughs> it's going to be a naughty one, mate, because neither fighter take a back step. No. Definitely. So, so they're going to meet in the middle and something's going to give really quick. You know, <laughs> you know, where you get some fans that say, oh, that was fucking shit, it was over there quick. Let's respect what these guys are doing. They're exactly. Going to in a fucking ABA square. There ain't many people in the world that'll sit in the pocket in front of these two men when they're actually landing any sort of bombs like they can land. No chance. Not, they're not staying in that pocket for long. No. Not the size of them and not with the fighting experience they've got. You know, Leon Leon stepped up and done a number on Darren Wilson first time out. Credit to Darren Wilson still taking the fight when both opponents have fucked off. You know, you, you listen. We all know a lot of fighters that would have said, oh, if my opponent's not here, I'm not fighting. But these mm-hmm. guys shook out met for the first time that day and had it. Leon done a really good job. You know, um, Darren was really unlucky in that fight. I thought Darren was holding his own at first, but then Leon shone through. You know, you could see the difference in in power and, and yeah. stature in the fight. You know, now, Andrew Anthony beat Jamie Hendry last time out, who was unbeaten until that point. Mm-hmm. You know, now I know he was a lighter weight than than Andrew and, and whatnot, but like Robbie said before, both these guys are going to meet in the middle and, and, and the prediction for the fight is absolute fucking carnage. Robbie, yes. like yourself, I know this is 
you're a different type of character to many people in and many fighters in Spartan. Obviously, this we would class this as the biggest fight of your life, but you say it so uh, when the last time we spoke on the podcast, when we had uh, Tony on, I believe you, you said that he doesn't have the experience that you have. Are you training? Obviously, it's a stupid question, but I've got to ask it. Are you training like you are training for the most experienced, most ruthless person ever? Or are you really, really see it as that foregone conclusion that you are, this is your night? I, I'm training, right, for what's coming next. And I know what's coming next. And as far as I'm concerned, what's in my sight, that's the next. They're going to get pushed out of the way as well. And I'm, I'm confident that Christian is going to bring somebody soon enough that's going to come stand in front of me and he's going to be just a little bit like me, a little bit tapped and just going to want to bang and want to keep going. And uh, I'm ready for that. I'm training for that. I'm not, I'm, I'm no disrespect to Tony or any of Tony's fans because obviously, like I said, I like, I like Tony for what he is, but I am training for Tony because if I were training for Tony, I don't believe I'd have to, I'm, I'm in front of the game anyway and there's no way that, that Tony can catch me up. Do you know what I mean? He can't spend enough money. He can't, uh, train hard enough. You ain't got enough man hours in the day to uh, to, uh, to learn and the experience that he's going to need to tackle me. Now there's some lads out there that that are going to put it put it on me. Uh, Chrissy Bennett's one of them. I'd like to, you know, I'm 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 looking forward to fighting Chrissy Bennett. I'm looking forward to seeing Jack McLeod uh, fight and and uh, Marco Pond. I thought Marco Pond were in our, our, our zone. But he's not, he's heavier than us. Do you know what I mean? He's Marco Pond. But, um, you know, there's no to say that, you know, let, let him see if he can get down to our weight. But I, I don't think he's going to find it easy. And he can't rock up on day at 12 and a half stone expecting to fight in a lightweight contest because that's not yeah. how Spartans yeah. rolling now. We, you know, it don't work like that. Um, can I just, so, yeah. can I just, say, can I just say, Robbie, that on record behind the scenes, what you don't know is I've had a message off Marco's girlfriend telling me where he will travel to and where he won't travel to. So sadly, we won't be seeing Marco Pond appear. All on right. Well, I'm confident in what's coming next. I'm few chats. Uh, is a uh, few chats with um, you know behind the scenes and. You know, talks of American fighters coming over, talks of, you know, Mexican fighters coming over. Man, that's that's exciting stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's something that I can tell my kids um, and I can show my kids when I'm older. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that's... Mm -hmm. I, when people see me train, I, when I'm saying I've done 30 rounds, I aren't playing with 30 rounds. I'm training for two minutes and 30 seconds rest for doing yeah. and doing 30 rounds. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm, my hands are sore from punching punch bags, do you know what I mean? Um, and I'm physically, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm knackered uh, from, a, from a training set, from tr training constantly. So I'm, I know what's coming next and I'm, I'm ready for that, do you know what I mean? Um, and if me and Tony's fights don't last as long as I want it to last, uh, then, because um, obviously I want to do full round, you know, so what, six rounds we're meant to do, isn't it? Six twos, isn't it? Oh, uh, five twos, right? I'd love to be able to stand there and fight for five two-minute rounds. I'd love it if a man can stand there and hit me for five two-minute rounds. But in a pitch, you're asking so much. Do you know what I mean? Your faces will be yeah. battered. 
you know, you can I mean, see how the referees stopping the fight or the red towel coming in. I'm, I'm, I'm like for me, as far as I'm concerned, right? With if if it's a world title, any sort of title fight, man, it needs to be to almost to the death, man. Do you know what I mean? As no one's thrown a towel at me for a little cut. If you watch me and uh, Jacob Williams fight, right, they stopped it by after about 10 seconds. Um, and and, and I, I looked at him and I, I put my hands out and said, no, don't stop it, man. He's having fun. Do you know what I mean? He was having fun. He was kicking fuck out of me for the first 40 seconds. But I, I'm not stupid. I was letting him, let, happily, you can see me smiling at one point where I'm happily letting him bang me because I know after he's finished doing what he's doing, he's fucked. He's wrecked. Do you know what I mean? What, what else can you do? What else can exactly. you do? Once you're, once you, if you're a big lad and once you're up to oxygen staff, it's like Tony now. Tony's got to put a lot of weight on and he's putting size on. Look at his pictures that he's been sharing on Facebook. Guy's massive. Do you know what I mean? All these muscles that he's got need oxygen. So after he's used that oxygen inside his muscles, after the first, what, 10 to 20 seconds probably, man, he's a bad place, man. You don't want to be in there with me. Christian, we talk about Andrew Anthony Leon Brazil. How uh, how much are you looking for this fight? Because this is fucking mouth watering stuff. There. Um, yeah, man. Um, <laughs> it's exciting, man, because <laughs> exciting <laughs> again. Again, whoever, whoever wins this fight is going to come out of the other end as the BMF champion and the world champion. Which I'm sure Robbie's going to want a slice of that fucking BMF belt at some point. We're uh, hoping that Andrew and I are going to keep that. <laughs> uh, I seem to remember Robbie. Listen, this is a true story. This. Um, I, re- I remember Robbie ringing me one night, right, and saying to me, "Hi, right, boss, I've got an idea." I said, "What's that?" He said, "I want to fight for uh, like that open weight belt you're talking about." I went, "Yeah." He went, "Yeah, I want to fight John Hutton." I mean, <laughs> you've met John Hutton. He's a crazy caber-tossing Scotsman from the Highlands that stands at about six foot nine and weighs about twenty-four and a half stone. <laughs> yeah, man. Definitely all over that. Yeah, Lamb, what he's done into boxing, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Bobby wants to pick up a pass. <laughs> but yeah, it don't matter. It don't matter who you fight, does it? It's just it's nah. the it's. If it, I, I don't I honestly don't I don't believe that size really matters that much. It yeah. depends on what you can and what you can't take. I know some we people the when you get hit, your brain reacts and with a shot. Like I spar with lads at a twenty stone plus. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes and I aren't playing, man. They can bang me as hard as they want, and um, you know it is what it is. And I know I believe that I can take that. Uh, it's a smaller lads. I believe that you've got to worry about. The smaller, mm. faster lads, mm. they can inflict so, some bad pain fast. Yeah. So, so to, to go back, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Andrew Anthony and um, Leon. Leon Brazil. I mean, I know Robbie's stance on it. I haven't seen him today. Um, he's saying his opinions change a little bit. And he thinks that it's going to be a really lively one and think for the fans and myself. I just hope they both come out safe and they both have a good, clean yeah. fight. Almost definitely. No, and there's no, there's no second guessing. Let's hope that the fights at Fight Fest get definitive endings. 
Yeah. Definitive. That's exactly what this fight it needs to be. Uh, a definitive ending. Um, I, speaking to Leon today, he's like, he's, he's one of them. He'll fight till death. And like you said, he's not naive. If he's getting uh, pummeled, it'll get stopped and he understands that. But if it's getting stopped on a whim, that's that's how I roll as well. Like, obviously, I don't want to be, I want to be going out on my shield. Do you know what I mean? I don't mean you have to drag me out of there, but I, I, if I, I'll know when I, if I'm beat on, I can't do anything about it. And so does Leon. But I sparred with Leon last year, right? Uh, and we had a like a like a bit of a wall with me and Leon. And as I as I've looked at Andrew Anthony and Leon Brazil until today, I thought personally that Leon's not going to win him. He's not going to beat him. But after seeing Leon today, spending a good hour hour with Leon, getting a few little tweaks in him, uh, hopefully we're going to be sparring on Saturday. Uh, then we'll see what you know. We'll see what it's like in sparring. But I'm pretty confident in Leon Brazil right now. I really am, lads. I would love to keep you and talk to you all night, but obviously we've got two last people to come on and I would just like to thank you for your time. And honestly, Christian, I would like to thank you for because you've helped us a lot massively, you and Spartan. You've kicked, you give us a chance on the media section um, up here. Um, and since then, I don't think we've looked back as a podcast. I think it's helped grow um, massively. And I well, I just want to say from Spartan's perspective, as soon as I met you, I knew I'd sign the next Anton deck. Fucking right to you. Definitely. Why In the boxing I? world. No way. I... <laughs> Honestly, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, but I've got literally two minutes left. Thanks, so gents. Must have loved you and leave you. Thank you so Honestly. much, Robbie. Thank Cheers, Christian. Thank you, Robbie. Happy birthday, guys. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Cheers, Train hard, fight easy, bro. Nice one. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks boss man. Cheers, mate. Thank you. See, see you, gents. You, you, lads, are just free to leave. And we're back. We are back with another good, good, good friend of the podcast. Nathan Rousseau. Nathan, how are you doing, my brother? I'm uh, tip-top. Thank you very much, Lee. Ah. How are you two uh, pair of horrible bastards? Oh, we're just, <laughs> just as horrible as just as usual, mate. Just as horrible as usual. Just plodding on and just doing what we do horribly. <laughs> Wouldn't have you any other way. We're just That's fucking it. shit at everything. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely ruthless. Obviously, Nathan, we've had you on multiple times. Uh, it's obviously we've been going a year. We thought we'd get with friends, with inspirations, and also with most viewed guests on. You clearly fall under multiple, you know what I mean? So we just want to thank you for coming on and giving me your time and what's been going on for you, what's been going on in the past year in your life. You know, you can have me on whenever whenever you want. I've got all the time in the world for both of you. We'll always have you on, mate. All the time. Any day of the week and twice on a Sunday. As Tyson nice. Fury would been watching fucking Woody and Climbing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you been, obviously, you're keeping up with the boxing. How how do you think with the uh, Tyson and uh, Anthony Joshua situation? Bit, bit. I knew it was going to happen. Yes, I now. Snap me. You, I was going to jump straight in and be like, no, nah, I've still got one more go. 
Yeah. And just yeah. the whole situation. I knew, I knew Wild that it activated Z Max Falls. I knew it straight away. Right. I think it wouldn't have. Well, saying the saying that money doesn't really talk, but if the offer to give them a little bit more money than what the first offered, I think he took that as a little bit of an insult. Um, yeah. Because if you're going to make a lot of money, as in what, 75 million a piece on what, and you're going to make that twice, or you're going to make near enough the second time anyway, well, for yeah. the winner, uh, surely you can give that third person a step aside money um, of, of the equivalent uh, sufficient number. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I, I knew Wilder would, was really, obviously, he's only been better, he? but I, I knew he wouldn't take the step aside money. I knew it. Mm-hmm. It's just one of them things, like I say. We're just, I, I was speaking to somebody about it weeks ago about the arbitration not being over, and he was like, Well, that was, it's definitely getting the sign fury, Joshua's fighting. And I was like, But you've got to understand, there's fine details to this that, that the Brit, <laughs> to be brutally honest, what had been brushed under the carpet for so long. I mean, obviously, within he had that chance, the period. To uh, negotiate the third, the trilogy fight, yeah. he, he had the surgery in between that period, so therefore he's got a valid, valid reason to go to court for. You know what I mean? So yeah, of course. Listen, they can always say it's not about the money. It's not about the money. Of course, it's about the money. Yeah. If you were, if you got offered twenty million pounds to fight Joshua or sixty million pounds. To fight Wilder, which would you take? Mm-hmm. All day, I'd, I'd take obviously the Wilder one. <laughs> but don't, I'd, I'd probably get, I'd probably let him spark me out for a million pounds. Just let him make the numbers up, eh? <laughs> yeah, he, he's just over a foot taller than me, so I think I'd have half a chance of winning. <laughs> How did you take? How did you find the Billy Joe Saunders Canelo fight? Obviously, everybody knew it was going to be a tough ask, but did you think it was the right time? The right, obviously, time for Billy to take that fight. Do you think we would have seen a better Billy Joe Saunders if he was a bit more active, as in having back to back fights and a, a, a different it's not a tough camp. one? Isn't it? it is, it is, it really is a it's tough, a tough one because it's like 6-1 off, doesn't the other say? Yeah. He didn't box great because of uh, inactivity because of COVID, etc. But then he's against fucking Canelo. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, I, I stayed up like an idiot to watch the fight. I was fucking balanced. I was working the next day with my old man. And that eighth, eighth, I think it's eighth round, seventh round, seventh or eighth round, that shot Canelo landed. Even I felt it. Yeah. No. <laughs> It, it, it was just, just the way you could see it. it, it, uh, it not he was looking it. for it all fight. Yeah, he landed it a couple of times, but only glancing. Yeah, yeah, he's damaging the later rounds. I do understand, yeah. obviously, with Billy Joe Saunders being a southpaw and Canelo obviously being orthodox. It was it Billy Joe might have felt safe dipping to that side, but yeah, yeah, understandably, yeah. over time when you're against a smart boxer like Canelo, ultimately that man oh, is going to be that. He's a machine. He's just—he's not human. Yeah. Uh, there's something different. Different in that Mexican meat, like there's the something different. Something well, different in the water. There was like the, the controversy before when you were saying uh, 
Canelo three weeks before the fight comes off steroids, rah, 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 you know, and all this. I was thinking, do you know what? To step up from welterweight to light heavyweight, I can believe that. Aye. But then, it is, you, can't, you can't deny Canelo's boxing ability regardless. No. Yeah. See, this is why it it's a very big, 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 what dark cloud around sports performance and having some troops. Now, I'm not going to say to get to every pinnacle of each sport that you're going to have to take some enhancements to get to that point. But yeah, history does point to a lot of sportsmen in different sports using like performance enhancing drugs. It's like prime example other than Canelo, fucking Pacquiao. Yeah, yeah. How can he step up from flyweight, which is what eight stone, up to fighting in like middleweight? He's still knocking kids out. It doesn't help when when you had Alex Ariza in his corner as well, because what always made me, yeah, he is a fantastic strength and conditioning coach, Alex Ariza, but he's got that's got to come with a tainted question mark somewhere because, of course, yeah, with that. It, it just the telltale signs in me that that really solidified my thinking of it was that I mean I can't fight against Marcus Madonna. Now, yeah, Mar- I, I, I mean I can. Now, when he was coming up, he was getting put on his backside by the likes of Willie Lemon. He was getting done in by the Breeders Prescotts. Now, Marcus Madonna is a tremendous puncher, very very mm-hmm. heavy puncher. Now. Khan at most did a, a, a little dance, a little wobble um, when he got caught. He'd done well to survive that round, but a testament to Alex Ariza's strength and conditioning. But I believe that is something extra with what that man was given well, fighters. To a point, but I can't actually stick up for Khan. Yeah, he's chinny as fuck. Don't get me wrong, but now obviously I've been to university and college and studied all sports and that. Now, you've got something called cerebral fluid on your brain, which is the body's natural shock absorber for the brain. Stop it rattling around. Mm-hmm. The less body fat you have, the more, the less cerebral fluid you have. So that means you're more susceptible to getting knocked out, knocked out having blackouts. Now, I know when Corn was fighting at Nine Stone Nine, when he got stopped by Prescott and Fort Lemond, he was at roughly... One to two percent body fat. Mm. Now, I know when he boxed Madonna, I think he was a welterweight if I'm right. I know he had more body fat percentage, which means more cerebral fluid on the brain. So his body, his, his brain doesn't rattle about as much. So, take him on his chin, but mm. again, the cerebral fluid will help to stop you getting knocked out as easy. It's just a lot of people, uh, some people are blessed to have. Granny chins and be able fucking, you know, have low body fat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Frost. Fucking yeah, frost. frost is unbelievable. Uh, and Joe Kells you though, even though he got dropped, he always got back up. Uh, oh, yeah, Mitchell was very handed, though, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was. So he he Besides that, obviously, the Canelo Saunders fight, the one fight I was looking forward to more than anything was Taylor Ramirez. What oh, a fight. I am made for that fight. 
Uh, Taylor was Taylor was unbelievable. Like I say, it was a tough I, I fight against him. Yeah, I one fourteen, one twelve. That's mm-hmm. pretty. Uh, I see me. I, I I watched it twice the second time. I scored it. I, I give it one sixteen, one twelve, or maybe one sixteen, one eleven at a push. Josh mm. Taylor's come out and done an interview. I believe it's what I feel on his private jet. Lovely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that must be nice. <laughs> he's earned it. So uh, oh, yeah. he, he says to try to do them. Do you believe that, Nathan? Yeah. Do you believe that? Yeah, because they see America as a macro boxer, so they don't want to freaking well, say ma- uh, America. America and Latin America is the macro boxing, don't they? Do you really think they want someone who, like, you know, someone from a country with a population of 60 million twatting them? Making mm-hmm. them look silly by dropping them twice. That uppercut was absolutely unbelievable. That second knockdown. Ah, oh, well, unbelievable. Ah, it's, it's such a skilled boxer, but a terrific fighter. A brilliant fighting heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, skillful as fuck. But the thing is, it's like boxing. I've noticed, like, especially the the, the Taylor fight. And that, and a couple of other ones where they've been they've given decisions. You're thinking, how oh, the fuck have they got it that close? It's a dick measuring contest. That's all it does. See which country is the best. It's got fuck all to do with the fighter. Who so brings the more revenue? It's got a country is the best in the world. Yeah, definitely. It's all about power. Of course it is, mate. Honestly, Nathan, I would love to keep talking to you, brother, but I will speak to you tomorrow. I will phone you tomorrow to discuss what we were discussing earlier. But yes. honestly, thank you for giving me your time, not just now, but on previous podcasts, I think it was a, a very, very smart move from Paul to introduce Will. And obviously, I'm not going to mention the other man's name, but... Oh, well, I didn't give a fuck, I don't. Well, I'm not going to give him any airtime, but it, a bad thing led to the good thing because obviously we've stayed friends and we've... You know what I mean? We're going to continue to grow together. Definitely. And then when I, when I come up to see you, Matt, and we're not fucking at your gym. Oh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you a few times. I'm fucking feeble, not me. <laughs> right. On that note, brother, thanks very much, Nathan. And we'll, I'll speak to you. Yes, you take care. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. And obviously, we're back again. Another, it's a birthday special. We've had many guests on. I'd like to bring on a special friend, as long as, along with, sorry, should I say, excuse me, uh, Daz Wilson. He is the founder of Safe, Safe Garden All Fighters Eventualities. Now, Obviously, when fighting, you just think of, oh, let's go and watch this fight. But in a fight as life, you do not see the dark side. In a fight as life, when them lights are on you, everybody loves you. When them lights go out, you are not in their thoughts. You are forgot about. You are irrelevant. That, you are irrelevant. That might I, am, I am a no, Mark. <laughs> that that might sound that might sound harsh, but it's very true. What Daz has started 
with safeguarding all fighters' eventualities is a benchmark for where fighters can, can go to Daz with their mental health issues during their fighting career and after. And yeah, there's not very many people doing that. I know we've only got a short amount of time with Daz, but we just, as a podcast, want to say that we think it's an absolutely outstanding initiative and an outstanding project because, like I said, there's not many unions in inverted commas about for fighting industries after the fighters are out of those lights. So Daz, obviously, welcome on to the podcast because it's nice one, lads. Thanks for coming on, but mate, what a fucking idea, my man. What an idea. It's inspiring. It's, it's inspirational, especially coming from your background yourself, Darren. Uh, so yeah, first hand, you know what it's like, obviously. There's no more fight game left. You're like, you had the accident after your last fight. But you've put something in place for people so they don't feel like forgotten about, left out, like things like that. I I kind of thank you enough myself, just as a former fighter myself, like on how important that genuinely is for people. Because as soon as you've stopped making posters, like your your name's not on fight cards anymore, like like these years, people slowly slowly start forgetting about you, and you like, but that's it. If you've given so much of your time to this industry, and then when you've come to your end. You've, like, you've got nothing to show for, like, no one remembers who you are, you, like, no one remembers, it does, everything will hit on you, you, you think to yourself, what the hell was that for? What was yeah. the point? Of but then, they've got, like, you're, you are like a safety net for fighters, because they know that they actually have got someone that can turn to about, not only their, like, their own uh, problems, like addiction, stuff like that, but stuff within the fighting industry, within combat sports, like, it's like I don't know, mate. I, I think it's absolutely fantastic myself. And I, me, like after opening up my own gym and say, like going through the tests I had to do, like the safeguard and stuff like that. Like, I, people need programs like what you've got, Darren. People need them. It's not uh, we, we should do something like that. It's your program is essential in my eyes. Yeah, and that's that's what I feel. My, you know what I mean. And you know, I'm fortunate that um, Christian at Spartan BK Fight Club. Um, has not just gone, right, you're not making cards anymore. See you later, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he, he, he sees what goes on um, before, you know what I mean, during mm. and after, and he's all about the supporting fighters, and that's why I've set up SAFE um, in conjunction with uh, Spartan. Um, because, like I said, I've just been chatting to you there, um, Lee, you know, I've got injury here. It's my third operation since my European light heavyweight fight with Leon. Um, where my jaw got badly broken. And so that were, when was it? That were on a pandemic show, and it was, what, October or something last year? Um, maybe a bit more. So September. I've had September. Yeah, September. So I've had about eight, nine months of pain, um, taking um, codeine medication, three operations, you know, screws going through the roof of my mouth, which, you know, the physical then had an effect on my mental health. I suffered from depression anyway. Um, so it all, all has an impact, but say if we're, we're here, um, whether it's mental health, drugs and alcohol, um, whether you just need a chat, whether you know, you've got depression, whether you've got some life circumstance stuff going on, um, it's really good that you know people are starting to share the message now that, that we're here to support them, and, and thanks for you guys doing that um, as well, definitely. 
but also the lads are getting in touch now. You know what I mean? I've been sports people from other countries. I've sports um, good number of people with mental health issues that have just needed a vent at some times just to go, here, Daz, this is what's happening. And then I've tried yeah. to put stuff in place if they need it. If not, sometimes it's just a listening ear and go, yeah, yeah, I identify. You know what I mean? This is what I did to get out of it. You know, so I, th- I think it's essential in, in this game. You know, because it, it, yeah. Without a doubt. Is, can you share what, what so, uh, social medias you are on? And we will <laughs> obviously put the links in the descriptions, obviously in the uh, description box on YouTube. Yeah. And share yeah, definitely. on the links on the post. So we've got, we got a YouTube channel now. We've got really? a YouTube channel. So mm. it's ev- everything. Um, so on Facebook, we've got Safe, Safe Guiding All Fighters Eventualities. Now that's a page. Yeah. It's got, and thanks for people uh, liking and following that. We've got 507 people following that now, which which is brilliant. Um, we've got a YouTube channel. Same again, Safe, Safeguarding All Fighters Eventualities. Um, we're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. Um, yeah, website, www.safebkb.co.uk. Um, with links to our... Um, Safe apparel, the shop, the T-shirts and, and, and all that sort of thing. I've just um, got some more designs printed up for the... Um, find it. I find it. I've got... We, we've got that one. Indeed, that's yeah. that's going to be coming to T-shirts on um, over at Fire Fest. We're going to get a lot of T-shirts printed out for sale. Um, I've got another one that I've just done as well. I can't see if I find where it is. Try and squeeze it in there, Daz. So this is the um, second design. This got in safe hands. Um, so that's coming to Fight Fest on T-shirts as well. Because mm-hmm. um, we've got the safe apparel um, on the on the link on the website. But it's a, a white label company. So safe don't get so much out of that. They just get a percentage. Um so what I've done now is I've got the um, all the designs. I've got a local printer. I'm going to print some up for Fight Fest, and then um, sell them there. You know, because the money is we're fully self-supporting at the moment. You know, we, we're going to be there at Fight Fest with some uh, donation buckets, um, some stickers, some auction stuff. Um, you know, because it it costs money. This stuff. I'm a I'm a lovely oh, yeah. fella. I'm a lovely fella, you know what I mean? And I'm passionate about doing all this stuff, but a man's got to eat. No, a man's got to eat. And you know, I know you do you do this stuff, you know what I mean? Because you're passionate about it, same with boxing matter. But you know, a, man, a man's got to have a wage, aren't they? Yeah. There's got to be some give. There's got to be some given oh, to you. Definitely. Otherwise, you're turning yourself into the ground. With hard grass that comes, you know what I mean? No. Well, that's it. You know, Matty, you were just saying about setting up the gym and that and all the safeguarding yeah. stuff you've got to do. You know, Oh, it, the, the actual exams that they put us through. I mean, when I was there, because I let you, a, little, a little bit into it, you've got to listen to some scenarios and like, you've, got to, you've got to diagnose the type of abuse, um, if there's any abuse there and, yeah. and like what you would do afterwards, how you would approach this type of stuff. Some of these things were just like I see scenarios. Some of these things were real life stories. Yeah. And then uh, it, it, it got to us, it really did, because uh, it, it made us realize that 
you've got to approach everybody differently. Like there's something going on with everybody that you haven't got a clue about. Yeah. Like everybody is fighting battles that uh, that nobody else knows about. And I don't these these exams are the, the kind of I you think to yourself are, are these really necessary? But I hundred percent safeguarding exams and they. Oh, I the need to be there, like unless yeah. you actually go through the exams yourself for, but in case you need some sort of safe, uh, safeguard qualification for what you're doing, until you actually go through them exams and sit through them, them type of questions, papers, and them scenarios, that's when you fully understand, like wow, yeah. people do these. Sorry, you think? Oh, I'm talking in the boxing gym. What do I need to know? Ah, well, yeah, you, yeah. And that's what I say. You know, going behind the curtains, behind the scenes. You know, the you know, working with vulnerable adults, vulnerable children, mm -hmm. you know, anti-discrimination, um, safeguarding acts, you, you know, your equality and diversity, all that yeah. stuff. That's that's before you even start doing any GDPR <laughs> eighteen, gathering and recording information with data protection and confidentiality mm -hmm. and when to break it. And you know, so it's not just me turning up um, and being on end of uh, a Facebook call or a phone call to fighters. You know what I mean? It's like keeping mm -hmm. correct records. It's doing it right. It's, you know, when we start drug testing, it's doing all that properly. Password protected stuff. So everybody's anonymity is protected. Um, and it, it, it costs money. It costs money mm -hmm. to set up secure emails, you know, stuff like that, which you've, sort of, you've got to have. You know, I'm yeah. doing what I can. You know, but I, you know, um, just looking for any sort of donations, any funding, anybody can give any time to project, you know, because it's all voluntary at the moment. Um, just, yeah, anything, any contacts. It's like, we've got you on board, Matty, and thank you very much. Um, no, I, I, I could not have my gym not be a part of something like this because. Like, like we're talking about fair offering classes to like the, the more vulnerable child the, the more vulnerable young ones sometimes these people have got like money problems can't really afford the sessions and the yeah. the reduced rates my gym is there to get these kids off the street my gym is there to make them feel like they belong somewhere it's it's I so I'll, I'll get them in my gym no matter what like money is not a problem money's not a problem if if they need the training I'm there and See if we can make that happen. You see yeah. the problem all the time in football: kids losing out because the mum and dads can't play the football suits yeah, every week. That, that's you know exactly. It. It. I mean, I've I've made it as cheap as I possibly can yeah, to the yeah. point where I'm actually not not taking any profit at all from the gym. Everything's going back in because obviously I've just started. I've had a yeah. lovely donation off a few people. So my first wage and. The wages from the gym after that are all getting put back into the gym. Yeah, this is for them, not for me. This is, I'm passionate about boxing and I love it, but yeah. seeing the way that these new young ones are taking to it, right, it's it's just creating a bigger flame. Yeah, so I it's all about keeping them safe. Then they're our next generation. If they uh -huh. aren't learning their respect, their morals, their principles, the the antics that are going on today, knife crime, gun crime, drug addiction, stuff like that, it's just going to continuously rise if something yeah. isn't done about it. I know, like, I know, like, boxing not, they're not going to stop this. It's it's never going to end. But what they can do is help give a few young ones the best start in life that they can get. Well, that's it. It's breaking those generational, um, you know, misconceptions and stuff. You know what I mean? I, I, what are we teaching our kids? You know what I mean? What we're teaching yeah. our kids to come into, what society we're bringing them into. Are we teaching them how to communicate, how they feel, so they don't help, end up with mental health issues and suicide? Yeah. You know, or turn it into a drug to, to get rid of the, 
you know what I mean, the fear or the you know the non-acceptance or the bullying or or whatever. We've got to be strong, you know, be strong around us kids. Yeah. Even you know, mm-hmm. and with my experience, I didn't have that growing up, you know, because my dad wasn't around and my mum did what she could. Um, but I I didn't get told how to communicate and it's all right to cry and it's all right to as a man to have feelings and didn't have any of it, man. Didn't have no. any of it. So I just want, I just want to throw this up and all because I know we're like doing a segue. <laughs> safe communities, safe, sport, safe, sport. Safe, yeah, safe communities. So sport, support through sport. So I just mentioned quickly there are a lad, the 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 bloke who um, Andy who trained um, Leon Brazil who, who fought me. Um, he got in contact with a lad who was in hospital through bullying, um, a lad called Cade, and he got bullied to a point. He was only eleven year old. Got bullied to a point where he didn't want to live anymore. Do you know what I mean? And he stopped eating. So, oh. you know, how sad is that in this day? Yeah, yeah. It's and serious. In, I know, in, in hospital, he's getting fed through a tube up his nose, yeah? I mean, he came out of hospital a couple of days ago, but he's lost that much weight, um, and he gets fed six times a day through a, a tube in his nose at 11-year-old, man. Fucking hell. And and it brought yeah. up all this all this past emotion for me. You know what I mean? I'm goose pimpling right now. I thought I'd dealt with a lot of it, but um, and I have. Because I can look at, at it from an adult perspective and all that, but we're right back in sat in them toilets, you know, right back at throwing up before I went to school, right back at self harm, you know, breaking my legs to get off school, you know, because I'm mm. bullied on my skin, my ears, my twitch, my flipping oval shaped heads. You just make songs up about me, man. You know, it, it's, it's half funny when I look back at it now from an adult perspective, but at the time, that much fear and, and less than and all that. So setting up this, and that's why I wanted boxing trainers and gyms or any sport to give a bit of the time. Let's get these vulnerable kids in doing productive stuff. I've got somebody on on board to do life coaching to raise the self-esteem and all that, as well as the physical stuff and the mentorship you get from sport, but also from you know from a psychosocial point of view of the sort of counselling side of it. I've got somebody on board to willing to give their time. Um, you know what I mean, to, to start making a difference. And I'm trying to put a team together of people that will cover every aspect, not not yeah. only for, for the kids, but for safe, you know, for fighters and fans as well. Mm. You know, because we all have these fucking problems, man. We, we all yeah. have these problems, but let's get, let's do the sort of prevention rather than the cure with the kids. And you know what I mean? So if you do the prevention, you'll not need the cure. Well, that, that's it. But, you know, the people that need the cure now, they're already... Yeah, yeah. In that mindset, so we've still got to work yeah, with yeah. it. But let's try mm-hmm. and nip it in the bud before it gets to all these complex needs. Yeah. You know? Well, honestly, like I say, I would... Guys, we will set up another podcast because, obviously, I could sit here and listen to it all day, but we've got to, got to wrap things up and move Because I'm good-looking, isn't it? It is, yes. The best... Stunning. Looking. Are you? Are you? The best looking, my <laughs> friend. Always. But, guys... Honestly, just wanted to help you get the word out there. Know that yeah, we're thanks a lot. what you're doing. Um, keep up the great work. Obviously, we will have you on again, just as stated. But thank you for sharing what's going to be a memorable podcast for us, obviously. So thanks for your time, my man. Yeah, I'll just say really quickly, congratulations on 12 months. You've done some cracking interviews. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm honoured that you, you affiliate with, with little old me here, do you know what I mean? Uh, and you do some some great work. So long may it continue. Um, you know what I mean? And I'll I'll see you at the next event. Um, 
and we'll get get looking at some uh, some brutal pit action at Spartan BKFI Club. We're proud to be on board with something like this, so it, it goes both ways. Not just that you're a friend as well, you know what I mean, Daz. So thank you for your time. Yeah. Stick, stick with me, I'll make you famous. <laughs> <laughs>